Hi, uh, welcome to the Rider Rumblings video podcast, volume two, number five, I think. I've already lost count, we're at five. Uh, I'm Rob Vanstone, here with uh, the ever-shrinking Murray McCormick, uh, whose former wardrobe is coming soon to a garage sale near you. No, uh, hang on, I'm a former fat guy, you never get rid of your fat clothes. No, you gotta, you gotta forget, you gotta eliminate any thought of ever going back there that's, so that's a big step all the uh all the uh awning has to be put <laughs> yes, up for sale exactly. at the <laughs> at a garage sale uh, i'm a fine one to talk i'm hoping to do the same thing but i'm not nearly as successful as murray has been um anyway let's talk a little football or a lot of football uh craig since we last uh, did one of these sessions uh craig dickinson has been hired as a rough riders head coach and there are still questions remaining, as you're going to be addressing in your next article, about who the coordinators are going to be. So I think we can just toss the coaching staff uh, around for a while. And yeah. uh, first, I'd like to say how you know, and it's, I've had a couple of days to mull it over. What a difference from two fifteen again to when this head coach was named compared to when Chris Jones was isn't named. Isn't it stunning? Like. A couple of things he mentioned that really stood out for me. He said every almost everyone's name in that room when he talked to him. That's a that's a I know that's a public relations part of life. You know, you, you say someone's name, you interview them, it makes you feel a little more warmer to them. But we we joked for many years. We didn't know if Chris Jones knew a lot of our names for a couple of years. But, you know what? I always thought we were in those situations. You know the people who have the Twitter accounts that don't have a picture and they have that sort of silhouette. Yeah. Oh, the egg. The egg. I yeah. always thought that when he looks at the media, there's just a bunch of eggs. There, yeah. scrambled in some cases, yeah, <laughs> poached in a few. But he, he, I think that changed. Boiled, his, boiled a couple of times. That changed in his third season. I think he knew names of people. He became more aware of. We got, but to take him back to that day when he was introduced, he was about business. Like that press conference was just get his name out there, get introduced, and he had work to do. Yeah, not saying that Craig Dickinson didn't have work to do on Friday afternoon, but he took time to shake everyone's hand, ask everyone how their winter was, how their winter, I guess winter was going, how the thing is going, and. You know, and you want to say congrats. You want to say welcome to us. And, I, and another thing that happened when Jeremy O'Day walked into the room, it was packed. And it was and that I don't remember. It's probably the same for Chris Jones. I should remember that. But and, and Jeremy O'Day quipped that uh, Chris. Well, they had was, Chris Jones in the rider dressing room when they yeah. announced it, right? So it was a different, bigger, bigger room too. Their bigger room, but. but he quipped that Craig Dickinson was more popular than uh, Jeremy O'Day, which. In the real world of sports, the head coach should be more popular than the general manager. We'll see how popular he is in August. <laughs> oh, that's the whole. That, that that's another part. Like, we we both know you and I have both had many many interactions with Craig, like uh, professionally, informally, in other ways. And I keep wondering what he's going to be like when you ask if his quarterback's injured, and you say uh, if he'll say like his brother Dave was quite open with injuries. Never yeah. he says you know he's got a twisted knee or something like that. I wonder if he'll be. That's always one of the signs if a. Coach is going to open up about injuries, about where he's going to go, and I think we'll see where he goes. It's it's a whole other world talking to the media, maybe once a week when it's every day, and then after a game and stuff. And I think it's a it's part of the gig, and you, you look forward to it. Like I think you know when you talk to elite people and you, you you see how they deal with media, they they've been thinking about it a long time. They're not stepping into the role without some awareness of going on. But it's going to be fun. I'm I'm. Uh, People have said, "Oh, boy, you're giving him you're giving him a big break right off the bat," and he's earned a big break. He's earned uh, accolades and just the way he's dealt with us. And I think it's going to be a whole different season for us. Maybe. Well, you know, my, in my column today, which I thoroughly, wholeheartedly agree with, <laughs> good, good stuff. Um, yeah, you know, I think that's got to be part of being in Saskatchewan. I think you have to embrace it. 
in order to be embraced in return, I think you have to embrace it. Yeah. Systemically, I don't think that was ever possible for Chris Jones. And he's, there's logical reasons to do exactly what he did. And he, and, and this was all done with the Rough Riders blessing at the highest level where he's in the United States for half the year. And it's really fun flying in and out of Regina. So it made sense for him to be in the States where he's having camps and recruiting players and all that. He was, he had a different sort of job description than does Craig Dickinson. Um, So, and during the season, he's a football hermit. His family was in the States and he lived in a hotel. And so logically you can just, you can justify that. The problem is, you know, if you're not totally invested, I don't think it's going to be reciprocal. And that's, he was totally invested in his job, but was there, was there ever that sort of Ken Miller moment where you felt like it was, this was where he was meant to be? Maybe there's more Greg Marshall moments, (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of Greg Marshall last, how long did he last? Sixteen. One and seven. One and seven. And he, I remember that day. And uh, maybe when we look back and you and I are hanging up and we're sitting at the, uh, some, some, coffee shop in some mall who's the coach of those three years yeah chris jones just maybe his his impact was they improved he took over a horrible team they improved left him in better shape and now they'll see it's craig dickinson to maybe see take this horse and pound a little harder i wonder if his legacy ideally will be similar to that of roy shivers and danny barrett in that that they set the table for somebody who then came in and and took it to the next level and when Roy, when Roy and Danny left, they, they had their share of critics and they had their share of foibles. But nobody can say that the team, that, that the three-win, they took over a three-win team mm-hmm. and they turned it into a, a team that was, was solid every year. Chris Jones took over a three-win team. Weren't they mediocre? Mediocre. But, Sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, Danny and Roy were, three in, were nine and nine their last three years. Chris yes. Jones overall was 27 and 27. Yeah. So... If Craig Dickinson can do with the five, with a team that he inherited from a 500 coach, uh, what Kent Austin and Eric Tillman did yeah. inheriting a 500 regime that had habitually finished 500, people will look back and say, you know, uh, Chris Jones set the table, just like Bob Shaw and Steve Owen set the table in 1960 for the 66 team. And like, okay. uh, you know, Bill Baker leaving after 88 put a lot of the pieces in place for for 89 maybe that's the ideal legacy that chris yeah. jones can leave is is having a team that's on the verge that somebody else can come in and, and finish off because it's in it is in pretty good shape if you yeah. if you discount the fact if you eliminate from the discussion the fact that um we really have no idea who's going to be their quarterback this year and maybe they don't either yeah, and he's, he's also got a three-year contract which is worth the paper that's written on but i think the fact that he's married to jeremy o'day there's some continuity there, and uh, Chris Craig Reynolds has talked about continuity, and I think they maintain that. It would have been interesting if they had hired some other coach that didn't have this continuity. What would we be saying today? We this familiarity helps the media get the message out, and the fans, I think, would be more receptive to even find. Because well, once they meet Craig Reynolds, or sorry, Craig Dickinson, first time I've done that, catch that in my copy. <laughs> I'll get Randy Furby Yeah, sure, to put it on me. Yeah. Randy Furby. <laughs> yeah, I'll get Randy Furby. CFL Commissioner Randy, Randy Furby. Furby, yeah. Uh, where was I going? I was thinking that, you know, they're gonna, we're going to provide a conduit that people are going to get to know him. And people have already mentioned the nice guy, nice guy. And it gets thrown down a lot. He's a nice guy, and that's usually the highest compliment you can play. Got pay pay a, a man, but he is a nice guy. So maybe that'll be, and so is Jeremy O'Day. Yeah, so. And I never found Chris Jones to be unfriendly no. when I talked with him. It was, it was just a different structure. And there was, Chris Jones came in here and didn't know 
a soul as far as the people who regularly dealt with the team. Whereas Craig Dickinson has been here for five seasons over two spans, and it's impossible not to get to know him because even in the middle of practice, oh, yeah. if you walk, if we walk in, if reporters walk into practice and go to our our, our uh, area in the corner where I. The ideal vantage point for me to miss the Duran Carter fight uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> two years ago. Uh, it was me who missed that. And uh, But if you happen to walk by Craig Dickinson at practice, he'll say even say hello during practice, yeah. which is I can't recall. Ivan Gutfriend would do that. But he was, yeah, he imagine. I can't recall a, a coach doing that. And that's yeah. not to say that he's neglecting what he does, but there's there's time to kind of ensure that there's a bit of a human touch and some interaction. Mm-hmm. Now, does this guarantee him uh, a, a honeymoon? If, if the strategy is is to be questioned, I think it will still be questioned. This is Saskatchewan, and, and we as people, or at least me as someone who critiques what they do, still have to keep that obligation in mind. Mm-hmm. But I think what we have a chance of doing maybe is getting a little bit better understanding of why some of those decisions are made. If there's more openness in the rider organization, right. that help might it, we might it might be a better chance to explain a little things. thaw in the relationship in the rider media world because I think there was I don't know who created, but we never got like we never got to know Chris Jones a man. We never other than he had a wife and a couple of daughters. What was he away from the field? He had a bike. We never really and a smoker. He liked that just smoke ribs or whatever. Yeah, and he, you know, what kind of music did he listen to? What does he do for fun? And he works, works, and works. And we never got to know that. But you kind of don't have that feeling. And you know, I still remember writing two thousand words on Chris Jones back when he started, and not getting an interview, one-on-one interview with him, which still boggles my mind. But that's my own little, my own little world. I'll remember to carry that to my deathbed. Uh, we we can talk about Craig, but Craig's got some response, some things ahead of him. You, you Ooh, mentioned boy. quarterback. And uh, nothing important, just find yeah. a quarterback. And then that's got, Jeremy O'Day, too, obviously. And he's a defensive coordinator, which isn't as flashy and isn't as exciting as some of the other positions, but you got to have one. And yeah, that's a pretty big void when your defensive coordinator was Chris Jones. If you look at the impact that Chris Jones had on this football team, I would argue that he had a larger impact last year as a defensive coordinator than he did as a head coach because that defense carried a team that didn't have a quarterback, didn't have an offense. And they won two games where they didn't score an offensive touchdown. Yeah. So what Chris Jones did as, an, as a defensive coordinator was extraordinary. So what they so have though, to do that's is, where they really, that's, that, those are the really tough shoes to fill. So that means they have to promote from within. Doesn't that, doesn't that kind of hit you know, that on nail on the head? You know, I mean, if, you, if you've tailored your, your personnel to a Chris Jones philosophy, which isn't your basic... Yeah, standard formulaic defensive philosophy. Don't you need a disciple? Yeah, and that would seem to that would seem to add up to Jason Shivers, wouldn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah, who and of whom Chris Jones has spoken highly. Yeah, and that Jason. should be taken into consideration, just like when Ken Austin spoke highly of Ken Miller upon leaving in two thousand yeah. early in two thousand and eight. One of his recommendations was that Ken Miller be strongly considered for the head coaching position, and that was one that Eric Tillman. Uh, certainly took to heart. Yeah. Um, Chris Jones's opinion of a defensive coach, just like that of a defensive player, should carry considerable weight. Yeah. Not, you know. And it also it, clears away. And I, we, we both carry considerable weight as well, but we're yeah. working on it. Uh, that kind so, of clears away for Brandon Isaac, who's kind of these, these periphery coaches that kind of FOJs that we used to see hanging around the field a lot that you just kind of didn't know what he did. He could come in. No, no, that was Brandon Isaac? Yeah, exactly. I know. I remember, okay, now I know. I know. For a couple of, he's been around a couple of years. The cameras last, would zoom in on the coaches and the sidelines. He's like, who is that? And he was a linebacker. He would sign as a linebacker. They cut him. But uh, he could take over as defensive backs coach, something that could possibly happen if they go the Shivers route. 
I throw out some couple names in, in my piece going in, online later in the paper about Jerry Glanville and Mike Benavides. you got to look at them. And I also kind of throw another name, Baron Miles, you know, very talented defensive back, one of the best. Uh, what was his last kick block he did against the Riders when he jumped over the convert, jumped over the line and blocked the BC. But can you get somebody from another team at this no, juncture? I, I, you know, I, but or do you run into Paul Lapolis, Jamie exactly. Elizondo syndrome? Exactly. And we've seen how well that goes. But maybe Baron Miles, is it's a promotion. This is a little different. Baron Miles is going to be a head coach in this league someday. Someday, yeah. And he's, you know? uh, and he's one I've always enjoyed dealing with Byron. He was a little, little crusty sometimes, but he's always good to talk to. And I always kind of admire those guys. Like Nelson Martin was another guy. He was Nelson defensive. Martin was such a nice guy. And he, I remember one time I asked him how he was doing after they lost a the game in BC. And he says, don't ask me how I'm doing after I lost a game because you know how I'm doing. And then he laughed a little bit. But, oh, yeah, I kind of learned. Don't ask how they're doing after losses. But. He was a good, it was funny how we, we come back to good guys. We don't come back to... Is that a dangerous path to go down? I don't know. How about Chris Sweet? Remember him? <laughs> you know, he was kind of... I think he's still in the league, isn't he? I don't mm, know. But I'm he not was, sure. He was just... He was crusty. Beyond, and but I mean, Mardon Matthews was crusty, and he's, you know, a Hall of Fame yeah. coach. Um, you know, Ken Austin in Hamilton was crusty, uh, oh, but uh, that does, didn't preclude him from having some success there. Yeah. Um, you know, Cal Murphy used to be called Cantankerous Cal. We never saw that I side of him. I never saw that side of him. Loved once. Cal Murphy. But, you <laughs> know. used to tease me about my big head. Is, is nice guy syndrome a, d- a dangerous path to, to well, go down? Because Dave Dickens is a nice guy, too. Yeah. And look how the success he's had and what he's done. And maybe maybe that's the way to go. It is maybe treating the media as if they're not in a, an opposition and just, you know, realizing they have jobs to do and we have information to we want to find out. And. If we're writing a story, providing something more than he was a good guy in the locker room quotes, and they, people are thinking a lot, what about as a coach? That isn't very important. We not we don't ever end to say the guy's got to be able to coach and got to win, but there's still this message he's got to get out there, and who's the best at getting the message out is the media, or it used to be. It's, it's, it's still teams. an important conduit. Yeah. If, if it wasn't, they wouldn't even bother to give us time with them. Yeah. They'd just go through their own channels or, or tweet everything. How but, about a quarterback? I know we can talk about media. Hmm. Uh, Boy, it does, it just, that's still vexing. Yes, I know. And you're going to make me write a thousand words. We've got words. to talk about it next week, and it'll, we'll still, it'll still be vexing. Yeah. Like I, I Who don't is think this vexing R- guy? I don't think Riley and Mitchell are going to be in the picture. I know that... Craig and Mike had he had some very nice things to say about Mike when it was on his introductory press conference. Craig Dickens, I'm saying, but I just don't see it happening. I, and I, it's no, I can't say this is the reasons why I just sense it. And maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe they have nothing but money, and Mike Riley will go for the dollars and come here. <clears throat> Bo Levi, if, if Bo Levi doesn't go to the NFL, I'll be he's going back to Calgary. Calgary's got that <clears throat> culture where you just go back there. <clears throat> yeah. um, and I'd like to see him make the NFL. Yeah, so I think that, that would be. I'd like to see him go to Denver. Well, yeah, <laughs> um, maybe, yeah. Please go to Denver. But then that leaves you. Where does that leave you in this world of? Please, uh, please go to Denver, oh, yeah. Bo Levi Mitchell. Thank you. Where does that leave us with you know Trevor Harris? You know, you think his ties to Ottawa are pretty strong, but there's yeah. nothing been said definitively uh, by Trevor Harris or his people or the Red Blacks as far as where he's going to go. Again, money will carry the day in all likelihood. The, the CBA, will, in, yeah. when that is negotiated, will likely influence the equation. Um, you know, the Jonathan Jennings out there too. And I was I early in the in the heat of the free agent race. I was very high on Jennings, and I kind of watched some more highlights. I'm going, oh, I'm not as high on him as I used to be. But maybe McAdoo can work with that kind of quarterback. But. The, the interesting dynamic is what we're going to find out with the Mike Riley situation. Um, how strong 
the Stephen McAdoo connection was. Like if he he said nice things about the Stephen McAdoo offense in yeah. interview in interview. Talked to Jamie Nye about it earlier or last year. The only guy that said some nice nice things <laughs> and uh, and said um, said some very nice things about the Stephen McAdoo offense. But the, does that the, counteract all the bad things that you've said? <laughs> it uh, that would be a, a litany, yeah. but. In fairness, he didn't sold. have much talent to work yeah. with. When when Stephen McAdoo had talent to work with, they led the league in touchdown passes yeah. in, in 2017. When he didn't have when he didn't have talent to work with, he had the fewest touchdown passes in the league. That being last yeah. season. So you know, again, a coach or an offensive coordinator is, is only as good as his quarterback. But is the is the offensive coordinator in this case a draw for Mike Riley? Was there were they won a Grey Cup together in 2015 at Edmonton? Was that such an important alliance? That it would be a factor in who's a quarterback's coach in fifteen in him coming here. That was Jarius, eh? Jarius Jackson, because that has a lot that has a lot more interaction with the quarterback than the old. Like it as it gets less and less as you more and more as you go down the ladder, head coach, and then the but OC. the scheme is still pretty fundamental. Yeah. Does the quarterback like that scheme, or does he not? Well, like how would scheme? you describe a McAdoo scheme based on last year? I, like, I love your term, punt and grunt. <laughs> There should have been grunt and punt, but and I kept thinking, somebody said, "What do you?" And I'm going, "I yeah, don't know." I might use grunt and punt from now on. I don't know yeah. why. Thank you. <laughs> too, too late to edit that. Yeah. <laughs> you can do it online, but I kept and I'm going. I always have. I had a tough time, and I remember when he first came. I said, well, "How do you describe your offense?" And he didn't really have a description of it. No short passes, control. Game. It's a ball control offense. Yeah, and lull someone into complete unconsciousness and then go over the top. Uh, yeah. There were some times last year where that worked. If you look at the, uh, um, the I think it was a Labor Day game where on they went on a short yarded situation. Zach yeah, Kalaros went yeah. deep to Kyron Moore. Uh, <laughs> That's so bad. And there, you remember the one play? They was go it the deep. Moore? Or yeah. and there was there there was the or was oh, that the Jordan Williams Lambert play? They, yeah, that and was there was the another one. case where they went deep to, to Kyron Moore on a short yardage play. So Two. he does have that within his yeah. arsenal, and it was surprising and shocking to see those plays yeah. be called. Um, and and there were some. There was one game. Was it the game in Calgary where they really opened up the offense? Yes. Zach Kalaros threw for three hundred plus yards in Calgary, and there there was a there were a lot of twenty plus yards plays. And so there is that capacity. If you look at the twenty seventeen season, that was a team that could go over the top. So it's not it's not outside the the boundaries to think that a Stephen McAdoo offense can succeed because he's won a great cup with it. Yeah. And he, it was, it, there, nobody complained about the offense in 2017. There was some, certainly there was a lack of talent last year, yeah. but there was also a, I mean, running the ball on second and 10 when the game on the line, that just showed. Yeah. He didn't have any, it, well, it really wasn't much imagination. So I'm kind of judging from this, just to think it's back. Zach Claris and Brandon Bridge or Brandon Bridge, maybe. Maybe I can as I said, my kind of well, gone from totally if, against them to if Stephen McAdoo so is still the offensive coordinator. If you look at, and I think he will be. Yeah. If if you look at the the way Brandon Bridge was used last year, the conservative manner in which he was used, that would tell me that there wasn't a lot of confidence in yeah. him on the part of the offensive coordinator. So why would he be back? I know. Why would he want to play in that system again? Why would they want him to play in that? But the CBA again? holds may hold his uh, like if they make the Canadian quarterback count, all of a sudden he's got some value regardless of what he does. But he's still got to you know still likely he would still have to play to be able to yeah. count. But I think you can write off the Zach Kalaro situation. Yeah. Um, perhaps prematurely, he's still he's still only thirty years old, and there's more <laughs> there's as many quarterback vacancies as there are. 
someone I think quarterbacks uh, that could, that have, that are that have start have experience starting. So he may end up end up somewhere and might have the opportunity to prove a lot of people wrong. But yeah. I don't think this is a good fit. They need they need to start anew there because yeah, that there was that was just not nine touchdown passes, thirteen interceptions. We've and touched, he, and, and he was never happy here. He, he was didn't never, look happy. I don't think we ever saw his fiance in town. I don't think they ever he ever brought them here, which once again goes back big deal. But it is a deal. It is part of the deal. You know, you're going to see his girlfriend or someone here with him once in a while. He's invested in the community a little bit and kind of doing those things. So, yeah, he may be another one of those quarterbacks to look back. Who was a quarterback in 18 when the Riders were 12 and 6 and didn't make it past the first round of the playoffs? Yeah. And he didn't play? <laughs> yeah, and, and that that's still mysterious how all yeah, that no. came about during, during the playoffs where he was practicing during the week but didn't play. So I don't know how that weighs into, into the situation. I mean, is this a year where they can develop a quarterback? No, some. You know, it's a, I don't think you can develop a quarterback in the CFL without losing. I think do they take a step back and say, "Look, we're twelve and six. We've done all these good things. We're going to take some young guy we got, and we're going to live with him. We're going to sweat it out, and we go to maybe they go ten and eight or nine and nine. If you see that guy prog- progress, then maybe like, I go, but I go, you have to take steps back. Yeah, you, have, you do. I mean, I don't think they can replicate twelve and six if they decide. And a home playoff game, if they decide yeah. we're going to go with a young guy. But if they, if people see from week to week that there's a young quarterback who's progressing, I'll, I'll go back to 2000 when Henry Burris was here, and that was a team that went five, twelve, and one. But nobody really got that down about it because you could see from week to week yeah. they've got this quarterback. Now it didn't turn into what they thought it was going to because he went to the NFL the next year, and there was a whole uh, history after that. But Henry Burris and his personality and his performance, I think, camouflaged the fact that they were five twelve and one that year. Yeah. So, but but if you see the lights kind of going on from week to week to week, and if you see this this quarterback who can be the future, I think that buys them a little time. If they're losing and the quarterbacking is bad, be it a young quarterback or a veteran, then yeah. then it gets snarky pretty quickly. I think you like Henry Burris, didn't you? Uh, very much so. Did he file a nice guy? Nice guy who deserves a plug. Deserves Nobody a plug. is nicer than Henry Burris. He's one. Of, I have a picture on my phone, Henry and I, for self. I got a Henry Ottawa. picture on my desk. Yeah, he's so, one. Of, I know an old leader poster. Remember those? Oh yeah. I mean, people probably think I'll oh, turn it off this podcast because McCormick and Vance when they're talking about Henry Burris. But when you're a good guy and you treat people nicely, we never forget. Yeah, it, didn't, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. No, nope. or just not that I. It doesn't cost anything to be a human being, and that's and I. I'm not saying Christian, but just like. Craig Jones did normal human interactions, which is not saying right, 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 right bad, but they, how are you doing? Good to see you again. Don't see you much in the off season, you know. And it was the same when Jeremy O'Day was promoted yeah. to general manager. You're happy for the guy. Yeah. I don't think that can cloud your judgment, but this is you know, Jeremy O'Day. This is somebody we've been dealing with since 1999 here, and, yeah. he, and he's somebody you just can't help but respect. So when good things happen to good people, I think right. the human side comes through, and and you're genuinely happy for them. Now, if they're three and fifteen, yeah. and that's that'll be the test. I mean, you. I remember when Jimmy Williams was the Toronto Blue Jays third base <laughs> coach, and they used to have him mic'd for games, and he seemed like the most happy-go-lucky, yeah. nice guy in the world. Well, then Jimmy Williams became the Toronto Blue Jays manager, and the heat got turned up, and Jimmy Williams wasn't the same same person. His last mm-hmm. victory as the Blue Jays manager was at Taylor Field. I remember that. What a wonderful day that and, was. And uh, Jimmy mm-hmm. Williams wasn't a very happy individual dealing with us that day. No. And uh, so, you know, 
it's one thing to be the nice guy as an assistant, whether it's a general manager or a assistant GM or a head coach. Another when you're the when you're the head coach and or and or the GM, the what happens if they go on a big skid? Then what happens? The nerves get frayed. Uh, that'll be that'll be the test. I, th- I think in the case of Jeremy O'Day, who's very level-headed, in the case of Craig Dickinson, who's just you know preternaturally nice, the, um, I think the, their basic demeanor will allow them to withstand whatever fortunes or misfortunes uh, occur as far as the Rough Riders are concerned. But you know, we've dissected the Riders pretty well every which way. There's a big game on this weekend. Oh, Super Bowl. Yeah, and it's kind of thinking. I know the Broncos and the Steelers aren't there. We can't ever be there together, but uh, the Steelers had a chance. Three years, folks. So, uh, <laughs> who are you leaning towards, Patriots? I I think Rams. you have to be foolhardy not to pick the Patriots in a Super yeah. Bowl once they're there. Now that being said, they've certainly given up their share of Super Bowls. They, they lost the Super Bowl game after being undefeated to that point. <laughs> um, they they. Have they won a yeah, Super they, Bowl? They, they lost two against the Giants. They, 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 they overall they lost to Philadelphia last year, the team that didn't have Carson Wentz. Yeah. So, but then they beat Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> although I think Atlanta beat Atlanta yeah, that day, yeah, up twenty-eight to three, and you don't and milk I, the clock. I don't buy. I'm not one of these guys that hates the Patriots. I admire what they I, do. You can't this, and they don't do it with high draft picks. They no. do it with good guys, Julian and All these guys come in and they just play, and they and then they're before they wear out, they're gone. And they got forty eight running backs. Yeah, right? and they just and Tom Brady just keeps playing and playing and playing. And when he's got the ball in the last minute, I'm not betting against him, regardless of the score, regardless of the position he's in. Tom Brady's going to do it. The Rams, fun team to watch. I keep, I keep on the channel that charges. What's up with Todd Gurley, though? I know. Why would you take the best running back in the league and then not use him for a guy who's about my size? Although C.J. Anderson, Anderson did help the Broncos win a Super Bowl three years ago. He, and he's Why been, did I throw my hat where I can't reach it? And he's been rather effective. But, but he's still C.J. He's no Anderson. Todd Gurley. And no. Todd would probably have four carries for one touchdown and a couple of yards. It would just You know what makes me – I look at the Patriots, and I think back to that game against Atlanta. And Atlanta had Kyle Shanahan as the offensive coordinator. And it's like you've got this head coach who's playing Madden, this kind of new, cool, you know, head coach against the old, crusty Bill Belichick. And Josh McDaniels, although not a, 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 an old man by any stretch of the imagination, has been in that system for a while. So you've got the head coach who's, okay, do we press A or do we press B or do we press X yeah. against the New England Patriots? And I get the feeling that, that uh, ultimately the Patriots might do to – the Rams and and oh, yeah. uh, what the uh, what the Patriots did to the Atlanta Falcons, sure, or what? Because yeah, I just they're just old school and they know how to win and they're a machine. And the LA sort of the modern type team, but yeah. the, the Patriots have demonstrated they're not they have, they're not if, fading if, away. If Donald yet. in the middle, they have some pretty good. Donald, Donald, yeah, he's, he plays at another level. You sometimes you watch when you watch the NFL and you see the guys who are really good. They're really, really good. They, he just has so much speed and so much technique, and just it's like watching Joe Green all over again. Yeah, it is a little bit like that. <laughs> so I guess if we wanted to put a Ryder Rumblings on a touch on the Super Bowl, I'm picking the Patriots. I'm not going to pick a score because I never know. I don't know. I'm picking the Patriots. How about you going? Oh, I'm going to pick the Patriots. Uh, Are we going to be I watching? Would, I wouldn't more than, be averse to being wrong, but but would we turn it off after halftime? Are we going to watch the second half too? Uh oh, I'll I'll, I'll hang in on that. So one. who's the halftime show? You know, I don't know. It's Maroon 5, which is... What's a Maroon 5? Uh, a bunch of Maroons, five of them, I guess. <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea what the... I know, and I, I hate to be one of those old goats. I remember watching Up With People. No, I, I hate to be one of those old goats who writes off a halftime show because I don't know of them, and they're not... I don't want to be that type of guy. Like people saw Alyssa Carr, 
She was great in the Great yeah. Grey Cup. That was a great halftime show. I enjoyed it. But like, what's a Lady Gaga? A Lady Gaga. I'm sorry, bad joke. <laughs> or Shania Twain? Yeah. <laughs> but I think this. No, I. I so if we, I knew her when nice. she was just Lady Gaga, and then she just kept growing. Oh, geez. in fame. Sorry. That's okay. A star was born before you knew her. I saw that one. Did you? You like but, it? Yeah, it was good. I saw Bohemian Rhapsody. I loved it. Isn't that amazing? Ah, and I can't. Everyone's sort of acting surprised that it's getting awards. It was. It's a great. It's, it's a great movie, and I know they downplayed some of Freddie Mercury's Freddie Mercuryisms, but I thought it was part of the movie and it was well handled. Green great. Book, bringing us back to Ryder Rumley's Green <laughs> Green Book was still the best movie I saw last year. All right. How about Bird Box? You watch that one on Didn't Netflix? See that one. Well, that's kind of a weird one, but that's the hot movie of the day right Bird now. Bird Box? Yeah, it's about this. I don't want to give it away, but they wear mat or blindfolds for the whole movie, just about. And, Oh, so sort of like the Riders receivers last year? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> on that cheery note, yeah. um, Excuse me. for Murray McCormick and his bird box, and on his soapbox. Can you read Oh, i got to read this thing. I always yeah. forget. Uh, this is our daily or weekly thing that we have to read because Mark Melnichuk tells us so. Uh, please rate us on iTunes and leave a review. It helps us grow the podcast. And now for the second paragraph. <laughs> if you'd like to send us a question, you can email me at rvanstone at postmedia.com. That's R-V-A-N-S-T-O-N-E at postmedia.com, and we might read your question on the show. But we didn't get any questions last week, so that's... We, we, so we got one we're for... reading any. One for six shows? Yeah. But that's we're, not bad. We're hoping, we're hoping to maybe, grow that Maybe too. we're so good we answer every single question. Or Let's maybe, go with Or that. maybe they're just not interested in things like Bird Box. That's true, too. So. Deadwood's still good. I watched Deadwood. It's still a great show. Excellent. Well, for, for Murray, I'm Rob. Thank you for being with us, and we'll... Uh, We'll uh, revisit the quarterback situation with (laughs) with more uncertainty next week. Take care and thanks for your time.